Hi everyone and welcome back to my podcast. I'm Shelby. For those of you who are new here, this is the Making Milestones podcast, the world's most inconsistently posted podcast on random dates. And it's just kind of a stream of consciousness style podcast where I talk about my thoughts. And basically I've realized the pattern with posting these podcasts is essentially I get an idea that I need to talk about pretty much immediately, otherwise I'll totally lose my train of thought and all of like the power that I have behind my ideas and all of what I have to say. Um, as a person with ADHD, it'll literally like if I don't say it basically immediately or start planning something and then like hyper fixate on that and get it all out, then I often forget and kind of lose momentum. So I've realized this podcast is kind of like the middle bridge between doing like a YouTube video um, or something that is more labor intensive to um, convey those thoughts. And this is nice because it's easier for me. And if I have an idea that I really want to get out there and express, I'm more able to do that readily and right away and have the energy to do so and not have to worry about doing stuff like editing it and all that jazz. So the podcast is great for that. And I've realized that a lot of people like podcasts more than I think because I didn't think that they were as big as they were. So I'm glad that people listen to this and that they're enjoying it as much as they are because I always very much felt that I needed to do YouTube videos to have people listen and understand topics and like how appreciated my podcast is and hearing people's feedback means a lot to me. Um, So I really appreciate it. Anyways, for those of you who are new to my podcast, especially for this particular episode, because this episode I'm doing as a podcast that's really directed at people who are afraid of horses or who have at any point been afraid of horses. And in all honesty, a lot of this is dedicated to people who either no longer ride because of their fears or have taken a long break from riding and have yet to go back or never even became riders and just had like a bad experience with a horse at a young age as a kid or even recently if you're an adult and are just afraid of them as a result and do not like them. So we'll not even dislike them, but are yeah, afraid of them. And then this is also directed at people who just like straight up don't like horses, either because of their fear or because of a bad experience or something else. So I wanted to do a podcast for those people to try to put some concepts into perspective and just convey my thoughts because I've, I've seen a lot of people express fear for of horses and a lot of them are people who aren't horse people so they never really got into horses they have like these very limited experiences and then they take those experiences with them for life and don't like the animal as a result and some of them will even go as far to say that as they hate horses and I've noticed a pattern in hearing these people's experiences and even because it's not even just like friends or followers that I'm talking about or family members and like people that I actually know or interact with online it's even stuff that I've noticed from watching like other influencers who aren't even in the horse community and their thoughts on horses like for example for those of you who are Cody Co followers he's one of the ones that comes to mind when I think of an influencer that hates horses And I can't remember exactly why he does, but I'm pretty sure it's something that stems from like a fear of them and a lack of understanding of them. So if any of you other, other of you guys listen to him, I would love it if you send him this podcast, because first of all, I'm also a fellow Canadian. So I really like him as a creator because of that. And he's also really funny and puts out great content, but I would love for him to listen to this to see if it would change his mind at all. And it would be really cool to get one of my favorite Canadian creators onto my podcast for what I view as a good purpose, just to self-promote, no big. So the reason why I wanted to make this podcast is because for those of you who don't know, my boyfriend who I got together with in July, but I've known him for a lot longer than that, he was very scared of horses when we started dating. And he admitted to me that the horse thing was something that like before he like actively decided to pursue me and decided that like I was the one for him, it was something that he thought about if he would be able to get over that fear um, and be able to participate in that aspect of my life to the point that he felt that he would need to, to be in a relationship with a horse person. Um, so that was something that he said he thought about and he was very scared of horses. Like when he first came to my house, because I live on the same property as my horses, my horses aren't obviously like right up by the house. So it's not like they were like looking through the windows, like terrorizing him at night and stuff, um, or stalking around and like surprising him. Like he very much was never pressured to like hang out with them and be close to them or in a position where he felt, 
felt like afraid or trapped, um, which I think is important. Uh, we're going to go further into that after, but I wanted to reiterate that because I think that's an important aspect of introducing people to horses. And one of the main takeaways I think most people are going to get from this podcast episode is that people who are afraid of horses usually either only have their role model, the horse owner, the trainer, or whoever is the responsible person with the horse, usually that is the person that they should be blaming for whatever happened um, rather than the horse. Or in cases where it's like been your own horse, the person who would have missed a sign or made a mistake would have been you or there would have been other aspects. So we're going to go into that. I'm not trying to like place blame. I'm just trying to point out that like the fault usually lies with the human in the situation. So anyways, he was afraid of horses. I never like forced him to start interacting with them. But like, obviously, since I work with horses professionally and own horses, I have to take care of them. And he did make the effort and initiative to be like, I want to come out and like, see what you do so I can learn about like what it takes to run a farm, which I really appreciated. And I thought that was lovely. Because uh, he did that very early on. So then he came out and did just that. And with the horses, like he'd stay like on the other side of the fence and would watch them from a distance and didn't really want to interact with them and was afraid to come too close to them, which is totally fine. So what I told him to do at that point is I was like, just watch what I do, watch what the horses do. Like all, if you have questions, ask, I'll explain what they're doing. And then you can just kind of see like how I interact with them and what my horses are like. Because even before he initially came to my property, when he mentioned that he was afraid of horses, I straight up told him that like I was willing to bet money that it wasn't the horse that was actually the problem. It was the person who was responsible for the horse and they set him up for failure and that there's probably a lot of aspects of care and training of the horse that left a lot to be desired and therefore set him up for failure. And it wasn't his fault because he didn't know better, but the people wronged him and should have done both him and the horse better. And I told him that, like, without knowing the full situation, that's that's what I thought. Um, and then when he told me what actually happened, I thought it even more. So what I told him is I was like, what you'll notice, like, with my horses compared to probably the ones you've met is that they're going to be a lot different because a lot of horses at these, like, traditional lesson barns or trail-style barns or barns that are, like, appealing to beginner people and Put, like giving people their first interaction with the horse a lot of these places don't have the best care so they have horses with disordered behaviors and problem behaviors and they're not paying attention to these issues um so i told him like my horses they all live out together they have friendships they're like uh like a family like the horses they're all buddies they know each other well they all have their own individual personalities and between each other they even have different relationships with each other so it's like a friend group like we call their field the frat house because they're all boys and they're all quite young and it, it's a very fitting name because like the way they interact it's like the horse version of how you'd like imagine young human boys acting acting like so anyways because they get to express these natural behaviors and live a more stress-free life and because i'm more sensitive to the behaviors that they're exhibiting it means that first of all when something dangerous does arise i'm able to see it before it really spirals out of control in most cases so if i'm introducing a new rider i would get them out of that situation before stuff spirals out of control that could scare them or put them in danger so with that in mind like my horses don't usually spiral out of control in the same way you might see in other situations where people have become scared of horses because they have been had a history of being listened to and having those feelings addressed before they get too far out of control and also they experience less like aggression and disordered behaviors because they get to like practice those normal horse behaviors by having friends like a social herd animal is supposed to and being able to enjoy living outside in a field rather than in a little 12 by 12 stall at the time so when he came to meet them, like he watched them for the first couple times, then he did want to start like petting them and he'd be scared and jump away if they like sneezed or if they moved too quickly or something, or if they snorted or like anything like sudden like that, he would move away quickly and he was less comfortable with it. But over time he got more and more comfortable and started doing more and more with them. And like pretty quickly I was able to actually get him on a horse and he um, was nervous, but it went well. And now he's like very much friends with the horses and is interested in learning how to ride more when the weather gets better and whatnot. So basically like, like I firmly believe what I told my boyfriend at the time, what I told Jesse, I said that I think that the fault 
like the vast majority of the time the fault will lie with the person and like a lot of people get bad introductions to horses because they'll get put in situations where they are scared and something goes wrong and it's like a mistake on the person's part for missing thing something or ill preparing them and this doesn't always mean that the person's an absolute horrible person and that they're wronging their horse but it could just be like a mistake that you make like if the horse is frightened and the person isn't like ready um and they're felt like they're in a situation where they're out of control and in danger because of it and i think that especially at places that are offering like public services to beginners they have a duty to make sure that like first of all what they're teaching new horse people is accurate and factual and also that they're not putting them in dangerous situations because you're literally appealing to people who are new and they need to have a positive experience because they have very limited experiences going into it and if you have very limited experiences with horses and then you go in and you have like a terrible experience that's all you're going off of you don't see all the other nuances to how like horses actually behave and how they are as animals because you're just completely overcome by that one bad experience and if you don't like horses enough to want to keep trying or if you're just not like don't have the resources to do so or are too scared then you're always just going to take that with you and I think that's what a lot of these people have had happen and then because horses are a less mainstream pet than a dog or a cat you get like less normalization of how friendly and kind of goofy and funny they can be as animals because dogs and cats are so ingrained in our life as humans and um, we see like tiktoks facebook videos like movies like all sorts of things about them all the time like you've whether you have a dog or not you're gonna learn stuff about them because so many people have them and talk about them and it's much more normalized and dog care isn't perfect and there's also a lot of wrong in like how we take care of dogs and not every dog owner is going to be perfect and people can do the exact same things with dogs where they put people in situations to become afraid of their dogs because of them screwing up but there's less of a chance for someone to fear them because there's not going to be like imagery of people getting like injured by dogs and like having all these bad experiences with dogs in the same way that there are with horses because like horses like the entire media portrayal of like how horses introduced to being ridden is usually like a bucking bronco fest where the cowboy has to like stay on and not get thrown off so like no wonder people go into it being afraid of horses if this is all they're seeing and if they're only ever like seeing like horses having flight reactions and being scared or seeing like aggressive behaviors and stuff being glorified like one of the biggest things that like horse movies and like in the media they're trying to appeal to is like this whole thing about having to like ride a wild animal and it being like dangerous and like i don't know like weird cowboy masculinity bullshit and honestly like for anyone on tiktok especially like what i would wager a fair amount of these creators are now on tiktok that hate horses and if they ever get any of these stupid fucking abusive horse videos on their for you page it's gonna reaffirm all their fears because there's so many shitty horse people that don't know how to train and their way to like quote make up for it like i use that very 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 loosely because they're not doing anything but the way they make up for the fact that they can't train and that they suck and that they're not very intelligent is beating the crap out of their horses and scaring them and then basically scaring the horse so badly that they learn that they have no choice and they shut down and they're just like, oh, I guess I just have to deal with this. And that's actually like a negative psychological state called learned helplessness where the body stops reacting to the environment in the same way because of such a prolonged high degree of stress. And that's what a lot of horses experience especially when we're referencing like these entire methods that are about getting an animal very afraid reacting very dangerously until you can basically muscle them into stopping and just basically force them to stop rather than doing anything that like consoles them or actually teaches them to calm down so if so many of these types of people are teaching and caring for horses and like training horses and teaching people to ride it's like no wonder why there's so many bad experiences with horses and also on top of this this is only referencing like the training aspect of it another thing to consider that i really hope that like i hope that in some way this gets back to people like cody co because honestly since he's one of my favorite creators the horse thing that's a sore spot of mine cody if you hear this if you ever get a soundbite of this you're being judgmental of horses and if you're an animal lover you need to you need to get get with it man come to my farm i'll teach you how to ride man because you have no reason to be afraid of them anyways the other thing to consider about horses and this is like one of the biggest points that i want to make because like anyone that loves animals if you can sympathize 
with like how other animals or empathize with how other animals feel like dogs or cats and you can feel bad for them when people don't care for them properly and when they have like bad reactions as a result if you have the capacity to do that then you really need to do it for horses because they have it much much worse and what I mean by this too is like on top of the stuff that I briefly mentioned about training and stuff there's the care aspect like horses are flight animals they're herd animals they're meant to exist in herds and they're very very social animals who are meant to wander like 20 plus kilometers per day grazing with their buddies and in this modern world we've normalized the idea that they live in these tiny 12 by 12 stalls and that they can live alone and be happy and that it's totally fine and normal for them to have basically no room like this is normalized in movies tv shows and so much more there's it's so normalized in fact that there's like a lot of lifelong horse people that have absolutely no idea how detrimental to the health of their horse it is for the horse to be isolated and also have no ability to wander and stimulate their mind and body. Meanwhile, like dogs for comparison, like it's much more common. Like obviously people still neglect these needs, but if someone goes and gets a working farm dog and keeps it kenneled 24 seven, they're not going to be able to do that in the public eye and have people be like, oh yeah, you're awesome. And that's totally chill. We don't care. They're going to get criticized pretty damn heavily for it because it's more normalized as being a wrong. Whereas like stalling horses for the lengths and time, which people do, on a common basis honestly it'll be for like 12 plus hours and that's honestly on the low end that's me being generous like a lot of horses spend more like 18 to 24 hours in stalls especially like competitive show horses and a stall is basically the horse equivalent of a kennel but the even worse thing is that for a flight animal being confined in a small area away from your buddies is like one of the most wrong things like wrong situations to be in because for a flight animal that's like terrifying that's dangerous it's extremely abnormal so even if you can get an animal that is used to it because that's all they've ever known it's super stressful and detrimental to their welfare because first of all for boredom they're only staring at like four wooden walls all day and they can only walk back and forth and honestly like a 12 by 12 box for a horse is like the equivalent to like me as a person standing in a shower and basically just having like my water and some snacks brought to me every now and then and nothing else to do it would be horrible so like what this is what I want people to understand is can you imagine that being like your dog like think for all anyone listening to this that's not a horse person if you have a dog or a cat or even if you have no pets if you have children I want you to imagine that creature just living in like basically a pet like think of it almost as a padded room where like all the colors are the same, it's bland, there's nothing to do, no toys, nothing, and they just get to sit there alone for 18 plus hours a day staring at the walls, and they have like a water bottle, and then every now and then someone will bring them in like a candy bar or their kibble or whatever they eat, and they have no control over that, they don't get to choose when they leave, they don't get to choose when they get food, and they have virtually no stimulation and no friends, and they're a creature that craves socialization and companionship. That probably has your heart wrenching right now for those animals that you're familiar with. But for horses, people lack that same empathy, even though it's like scientifically proven to be bad for them. And it should be common sense given what we know about these animals. But it's there's such a dissonance that we've created a culture where it's so normalized that we create all these problems like behavioral and health problems in horses that are a result of how we care for horses but people are always trying to deflect it to being something else and they don't want to recognize what the evidence is showing us and what we know about these horses because it would require them to completely reform how they care for these animals and it is so ingrained and so difficult that like to the point like I'm, I'm saying like as a horse person now that sees this if you correct someone on one of these mindsets that is literally scientifically proven to be incorrect and there's so much data showing the correlation between like mental welfare deficits and physical health deficits spent with horses with time spent stalled and isolated from other horses and in a inability to move around and so on and so forth i'll 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 uh cite off like so a bunch of other things that are correlated with this in a moment but you can correct people on the on these views where they'll be like oh stalling's fine my horse loves their stall they hate going outside they're not stressed and you can provide them with all of the facts that show them that they're wrong and they'll literally look you in the eye and be like you don't know my horse my horse is different and it's like no your horse isn't different like 
your horse quote doesn't like going outside because you've kept it in an under stimulating like box their entire life and then you throw them out into this extremely stimulating environment with all these different senses and sights that they can see like and like they're obviously going to get overstimulated and freak out. Like, that would happen with anyone. You could even do it to a person. If you keep a person in a freaking concrete box for a decade, and basically they don't, they never get to do anything unsupervised, and they're anytime they leave, they're always being handled by someone else, and they have no autonomy or choice. And then all of a sudden, you take the, that person to a freaking theme park and just, like, shove them into a crowd with all these noises and other stuff going on. Even if you tried to warn them of it before and told them, this is what I'm gonna do they would probably still struggle to deal with that because they've never had to and it would be too much all at once the same applies to dogs cats younger people like children babies etc they can't be expected to cope with something all at once when they've never had to and then they've been deprived of it for so long like obviously they're going to get overstimulated and freaked out and especially for a fly animal that's made to wander like 20 kilometers a day if it's basically doing like 10% of that or less on a good day because they're not allowed out of a box or a small paddock, then when you do let them out into an area where they actually do get to move, they're going to run around erratically and try to undo all that energy that is built up due to not actually being able to be a proper horse and wander and exhibit behaviors in the, the way that they need. Um, it's a no-brainer. So, Back to how this affects people and their fears of horses and also how dangerous horses are. When they're deprived of all these basics and then also in training on top of all this, it's compounded by how a lot of methodology for training horses works. Um, what I mean by this is that like these horses have behavioral problems and stress issues because they don't get to exhibit natural behaviors in their time away from people, away from training. And then we bring them into training with all this stress and bottled up energy. And when they exhibit disordered behaviors because of that, it's very common to just punish the behavior and try to get rid of that behavior and focus on what you can do to get them to stop that behavior rather than exploring why that behavior exists. So basically what we've created is this like gagged suppressed animal that is constantly frustrated and unfulfilled and not having any of its needs met and also having all of its attempts to communicate those feelings completely shut down by the people around it we have an animal like that and then you're expecting it to be able to behave normally and not dangerously and want to be friendly and nice to the people who do this to it all the time um, so I'm sure you guys can see where I'm going here. Like, what incentive do horses have to be nice to people or to want to take care of you or to suppress flight behaviors and not be scared, not be stressed, especially with new riders? What incentive do they have to do that when they are cared for so improperly in these cases? And... Like, we wouldn't, it's not fair to blame the animal and be mad at the animal or dislike the animal or say that they're a shitty animal because they weren't able to cope with people's blatant and prolonged mistreatment of them. It's not fair to the animal to do that. And the reason why I wanted to make this video, this podcast, not video, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, the reason why I wanted to make this podcast is because I think it does horses a massive disservice as an animal um, to make it so normalized for people to hate them because they're kind of like the animal version of fucking Nickelback or something. They're like fun for people to hate. People hate the people who like them. Like they make fun of horse girls and stuff. It's this whole thing. They're like a fun creature for people to make fun of and hate. And honestly, I think that entire mindset justifies the abuse and mistreatment of them to a large extent because people just make them out to be these stupid and dumb animals who don't know anything and who um, are scared of everything and just freak out randomly or dangerous and they just make them out to, they oversimplify how very like intelligent and emotional they are as creatures and they make them fun to hate which then just kind of dehumanizes them and takes away the fact that they're a creature that experiences a lot of abuse and then turns it back and kind of blames all of these problem behaviors that are really caused by humans onto the animal and is like, oh, that's just the way horses are. They're just like this. And if we stopped doing that and we kind of normalized, like, and started to kind of normalize, like, hey, like, 
you know, like a lot of the stuff you hate about these animals and a lot of the stuff that scares you about these animals is actually like a result of them being treated improperly. I think that that might start to kind of change the tide on how people view them as animals because like I just want to I've mentioned this in previous podcasts for any of you guys who are new to horses and listening to this of any non-primate animal horses have the most facial expressions so that's incredible first of all because like no one is willing to give them that credit even horse people that handle them daily like it's something that a lot of people don't know and it also tells us like how emotional and how able to read emotion they are like they've even done studies on horses that have shown horses can read human facial expressions they did a study where they tested horses reactions to like a happy human face a sad human face and an angry human face and consistently the horses tried to stay away from the angry person they could read the expression and they knew it was a bad one and they tried to stay away similarly they have found that horses are quite adept with communicating their needs with people and they've also found that horses are really in tune with human emotions and um, being able to kind of sense how people feel and express empathy Um, even for myself from personal experience like if I'm around my horses when I'm sad and feeling really bad they are all over me like a freaking piece of like dryer like a dryer sheet (laughs) like they're on my on me like a piece of lint and they're worried about me and they're just very kind and it's it's not unlike what your dog or your cat will do when you're stressed or if you're having a bad time they usually come closer and they want to be near you because they're worried about you horses do the same thing but they don't get the same credit for it because we kind of dehumanize not dehuman that dehumanizes the wrong word because they're not humans but we make them out to be these almost robotic creatures with no emotions and it takes away from like how much they actually feel and then it makes them constantly not heard because they're so ignored and they're like they're how they feel is so ignored and not cared about on such a large basis like even outside of the horse world it's like this whole societal thing there's this lack of empathy for them and creatures and it also as creatures and it also happens with cows um whereas if you were to change the roles and put like and make the horse like an exotic creature like something in a zoo like a giraffe or something people would feel a lot more sorry for them if they were being handled the same way and exhibiting the same types of stress behaviors like a lot of the stress behaviors we see in domesticated horses who are living in environments and stalls where they're very unfulfilled and unhappy um, they're not unlike the same behaviors that you see in bad zoos where the animals don't have enough enrichment and they're stressed and they're like pacing the fence line and like chewing on the bars and like just expressing disordered behaviors where you would look at them as someone took a video and go wow that animal is stressed people don't give horses that same courtesy when they are trying to consider their emotions and how they feel and look at like why they do the things that they do it's very much about just being like oh they're such a big stupid animal let's blame this on them and it's like no people make them deal with so much neglect and mistreatment on a prolonged basis and then also in training we use ineffective illogical methods for training them in a lot of ways because like honestly like scaring the crap out of a flight animal or punishing them for being scared or getting mad at them for having disordered behaviors because of poor care like it makes no sense you're training a flight animal an animal that is wired to flee from danger and fear you're teaching them using fear and danger um and then being like mad when they get scared of it so um this is this is turning into like sounding like i'm trying to roast the entire horse world but i'm not i'm trying to i'm roasting the bad parts of the horse world and this is not me saying that everyone is bad and that all horse people suck and that horses would be better off in the wild because no they'd all die we've selectively bred them they're not they're not wild animals they cannot just exist in the wild but we need a massive reform on first of all welfare laws surrounding horses and like just animal protection laws for horses in general because honestly the amount of abuse and mistreatment of horses that flies and cannot get addressed because of how we view them it's so much greater than what you could do with a dog or a cat and they have like no protections to stop that so it kind of starts with empowering other people even outside of the horse community to kind of start normalizing how these animals behave and respecting the fact that they're like a part of people's lives in a way that's not really dissimilar to a dog or a cat like they serve a different role than that it's like but they they serve the same type of purpose where they can be like a very close like friend like pet family member in the same way they are very intelligent creatures that you can like honestly other than like physical ability being different from like obviously what a predator would be you can teach them a lot of the same concepts that you could successfully teach a dog 
they can learn a lot of shit, man. People underestimate it. Like my horses can learn how to smile. They can come when called. They can, you could freaking teach them how to lay down. You can teach them how to sit. If you put the work in, you can teach them. It's just more difficult for them to learn stuff like that because of their anatomy. Um, well, certain things. But they're very, very intelligent animals that pick up on concepts quickly and are very adept at reading people. They're incredibly smart. Like, I would not go so far to say that dogs are more intelligent than horses. There's just a different type of intelligence. Um, but uh, you can't really compare the two because, yeah, th there's a different type of intelligence because people say horses are stupid because they can get injured easier and it's also just the way they're built. It's not their fault. Um, and also, like, the flight tendency means that they're more likely to just have like a spur of the moment reaction to something but it doesn't necessarily make them less intelligent because yeah horses can kill themselves from fear but also dogs can end up killing themselves from loyalty um and like blind loyalty to their owners and other stuff like that and like high drive breeds can accidentally injure or maim themselves if they're going after a ball so hard that they don't watch and have self-preservation in high traffic areas or something you know what i'm getting at um you can't really compare the intelligence level because it's different but there's not really any sign showing that horses are like inherently less able to retain information and learn and like read people and um do that sort of thing than dogs are but people just view them as not being able to do that and then they kind of project that onto them because that like they're not even giving them a chance they've already written off the possibility that horses have like these complex like emotions and feelings and ability to learn um and they just don't care so yeah that, that's kind of a rundown of like why like basically like people could say i'm like yeah the fucking crazy horse girl yada yada like i haven't heard that before in my whole fucking life man but um i sound like one right now but i hope if for anyone that's actually stuck it out long enough to listen this far i hope you can kind of get my train of thought because like I have a different way of thinking and like voicing my opinion and kind of putting things together and I get that and depending on the format it can be hard for people to kind of see where I'm going because I'm very stream of consciousness and like weirdly connecting things together like a really messy mind map. Um, but I like explaining it on this like podcast format because I think it works really well for like how the ADHD brain thinks and I hope that it'll help people kind of paint that same picture if they're just like listening to me talk and kind of unfold the ideas as I do myself um but yeah I sound like a crazy horse girl um because I am but I'm also crazy about like it makes me fucking crazy watching people make horses out to be these stupid animals that have no feelings because I see every day how that mindset negatively impacts them and results in them being mistreated and even for people who don't like them or are afraid of them like unless you're a completely terrible person who has like no empathy at all like you don't want animals being mistreated for no reason and if the attitude that you perpetuate kind of results in that then I think it's something that we should all talk about be and like talk about like where it stems from and what the cause is because I think a lot of the people that don't like horses or that make fun of them or view them that this way like I don't think that they're bad people who lack empathy or who don't like animals and who don't care about animals don't think animals deserve kindness or rights a lot of them really do like animals and a lot of them are nice people but I think that they've been kind of like they've been walked into an insanely biased mindset by misinformation and a lack of understanding and I'm trying to provide that understanding in order to help people become better people to animals and hopefully get them to help me push for some of these regulations and laws and education to help prevent this from continuing to happen on such a large extent to such a horrible degree to horses like honestly it's going to take people outside of the horse world caring and wanting like accuracy in movies and just like like no more misinformation and just an understanding of like how animal welfare and protection laws are disproportionately dished out because like if the animal is not cute enough or if they, it's not deemed smart enough, they don't get the same protection. And it's more justifiable to like abuse and neglect like livestock or like little caged animals like hamsters and like, or fish even, and like rodents and all, all that jazz. It's more justifiable to neglect and mistreat them and abuse them and not care for them properly than it is for other animals um, to a much larger degree. Because like, 
people can have deficits and care even when they're doing their best and they're really well-intentioned, but like the degree at which we accept it with certain types of animals is honestly pretty disgusting. And I don't think that they're less deserving of protections and kindness and ethicality than other animals just because we have decided that the way we've chosen to assess their intelligence and their ability to react to stress or really understand how bad their environment is we've we've decided that for them basically like we've decided oh like a hamster's not smart enough to care that they have no enrichment and this cage is way too small for it or horses are too dumb to care that they're completely isolated from their herd and have no ability to practice natural behaviors we we've decided that for them because we have like we have this bias against their ability to think and we've used like we've just ignored it and been complacent and continued perpetuating tradition and just not wanting to accept the fact that like we were initially misled by what we thought of with these animals and it's created such a massive ignorance and it's so detrimental to yeah all animals honestly because it's just like we should just be kind to everyone and this isn't me like going on like a rant to be like oh yeah i love PETA and like let's go everyone needs to be vegan or i hate you and i'm gonna hit you with my car or something no first of all i fucking hate PETA. PETA is a shit organization it's one of the worst animal welfare organizations you can support they don't really do anything other than post propaganda and they don't care if what they're fighting for they fight for using lies and misinformation for example their anti-wool campaign campaign showing a sheep who'd been completely skinned with like and dead that's not how you shear a sheep that's a lie they did it to mislead people and create this anger towards something that's not even real um i'm about promoting correct information and also realizing that like the perfect ideal of like what the best lifestyle for a horse looks like that's obviously not going to happen but if you start to educate people more and actually make them care about changing the status quo then at least we can start to make things better and find ways to make the modern world more accessible and fairer to horses and make them like more get, give them more rights basically and protections from abuse and neglect um because they deserve it and there's like no reason that it should be less justified for them because honestly like i've seen videos of people like putting their horses in situations where the horse could like break its neck and become gravely injured or where they're like beating the crap out of the horse blatantly scaring them and like pushing them around and like getting them so stressed that they're like lathered in sweat and like foaming and like fucking terrified and the amount of people that will like and support these things and think it's cool is like disgusting and like this is just talking about like within like canada and the u.s and like i find that a lot of canadians and americans get all like hoity-toity and holier than thou looking at other countries that they view as like less developed and less kind to animals and when they see like one bad animal welfare video come out of one of those countries they're very quick to judge and be like oh like this country is so cruel to animals and kind of be like racist and yeah weirdly nationalistic but it's like we let so much shit fly in our own countries man and i think it's about time that someone points out the elephant in the room and i wanted to be that person so basically I wanted to, yeah, this podcast is to give context to people who are afraid of horses in hopes that, like, that explanation might make it easier to kind of understand them and thereby, like, tackle your fear because then you'll realize that, like, look, like, horses are flight animals. Naturally, they're incredibly passive animals. They very, very, very rarely behave aggressively. And even in cases where people may view them as being aggressive or doing something on purpose with the intent to hurt someone, usually it's a flight reaction. They very rarely react to the fight reaction and if you push a horse to the point where they feel the only way to protect themselves is by showing aggression and fighting you then you fucked up very badly um or and not recognize all the signs of fear and discomfort that they would have shown you before that because they very much choose to be like the peaceful person in the equation the peaceful entity in the equation um so yeah first of all like they're flight animals they're passive their go-to thing is try to, trying to extend distance from something that scares them or that they feel threatened by even within like a healthy herd setting a lot of people will try to like a lot of people looking at modern herds and domesticated horses will um, try to use horses like arguing or like kicking out or biting at each other in a herd as an excuse to be like, oh, well, they do this in a herd. Um, me hitting my horse for this thing that they did bad is nothing in comparison. That's a very common justification. Um, however, 
like herds of horses usually when they're showing like what we would deem aggression first of all it's usually for resource guarding um, and resources are only really guarded to the degree they are in the domesticated environment due to it being a perceived lack of resource. Um, so not enough hay feeders. The horses are going hours without forage when they're supposed to be eating hay or grass constantly. And then they get acid buildup in their stomach, which can cause ulcers. And it's also very painful. So this desperation increases anxiety. And then they're more likely to get aggressive with each other. Even then, when horses are aggressive, it's usually about getting like the other horse to move out of their way. So they'll pin their ears and they might lunge or bite at a horse or threaten to kick but usually in those instances it's just a threat they're just looking to get more distance they're not actually looking to act on that threat and cause harm it's about getting distance and trying to like move the horse or get the resource chase the horse off the resource and do what they feel they need to have to do they only ever really escalate to actually connecting with that aggression if they feel that they need to most of their herd interactions are warnings and this is even within herds where we see higher levels of aggression because of the stress that the domesticated lifestyle can impose on them for the reasons that I mentioned. Um, and so like with this in mind, it's like we cause a lot of the problems we'd see in horses that scare us that we don't like. Um, so as the smarter uh, species or the supposedly smarter species in the equation, it should be our job to kind of reflect on that and be like, okay, like this is our fault. And that is what I'm hoping to do here. Just kind of talking about this um, is decrease the fear of these animals, because I think that horses like being how empathetic and like emotional they are as a species, because even just from... Uh, a safety standpoint as a as a herd species first of all their body language is how they communicate predominantly because they don't communicate vocally um it would like let set, set off alarm bells for predators alarm bells for predators basically so when they do vocalize it's infrequent most of their communication is body language um which means they have to be more inherently in tune with each other they have to be more able to read subtle signs and more nuance like and more nuances within behaviors and really subtle stuff like when horses get scared they can like their heart rates will synchronize within a herd so if one horse sees something that kind of starts scaring them and their heart rate goes up what you'll notice if you're watching a herd is one horse will probably look up and stop eating and they'll be have their ears pricked and they'll be looking at something and during this time their heart rate will be starting to increase horses nearby them will then start to look up in the same direction and they'll be poised ready to flee if they need to and their heart rates will sink because they're notifying each other and sending out information like hey there might be a threat and then they all feed off of that and they're like okay do we need to run should we go investigate and they'll kind of figure that out between each other by syncing behavior with each other and reading really in-depth subtle signs that humans have largely become oblivious to because we're such a vocal species that even within our own species we read a lot of body language and behavior incorrectly and there's a lot of miscommunication um horses are way more adept at communicating silently um by far and since we are a vocal species that kind of chooses to ignore what we don't want to see the fact that they are so subtle in their communication is a bad thing for us because it gives us more license to like ignore things and then invent reasons why a horse has done something um and yeah that that basically kind of leads to the entire mindset that i speak of in this podcast is like that kind of I guess, egotistical view of ourselves and our own ability to read and understand things and like our own knowledge and lack of desire to like try to understand other creatures and what motivates them and how they, they might think. And also the idea that like a lot of what we learn about animals at like, especially old methods that have gone on for generations and not really adapted it can be wrong and like as we learn more and we become more educated and we have more access to information we should we should be growing and bettering ourselves instead of continuing doing the same thing just because we don't want to change and just because we fear change um and I think that that kind of starts with like recognizing like our role that we play with a lot of the stuff that we see with our animals and in other animals and like problems that we see in the world. It's usually like man-made, like honestly, like I would like, I, I firmly stand by like with horses or any other animal, like dogs, when dogs like bite people's kids or like have aggressive reactions, the dog really shouldn't be getting blamed for it. It's the owner's fault for not listening to them sooner and not addressing other causes because the behavior is just 
just a symptom. Um, the dog shouldn't have to be held accountable and basically have like the death penalty for being aggressive towards someone when people can abuse the shit out of animals and do all sorts of terrible things and get off with a slap on the wrist and not even have it stay on like a permanent record or go on like basically the animal abuse version of a sex offender registry. It's like, why are we saying to animals that it's like, oh, basically you only get one chance to be aggressive, even if it's completely my fault and you just couldn't cope with my mistreatment of you and my ignorance of how stressed and upset you were. Um, if you screw up even once, you're dead. But like, if I continue screwing up the, the animal's training and care over the course of years and wrong them and lead them to reacting aggressively or having this behavior happen, I get off the hook. Like, and like, even for people that like severely neglect animals, like one of my horses was starved almost to death. And I'm pretty sure the people who had him only got like a year in prison and they still like frequently these types of people that do these things they can get animals again it's not like they're prevented from doing so um even in situations where they're technically not allowed uh it happens far too often where they are able to get animals again and abuse them again and again and very little consequences for this so basically what i'm saying is it's fucked up how much we let humans off the hook for treating animals like shit um, but animals are basically made to deal with all of our own shortcomings and care and our selfishness and lack of realization of their needs and lack of care about their needs. And they have to do it flawlessly, basically. Otherwise, we will punish them and blame them for the disordered behaviors that we created. Because even as the more intelligent species that has like internet and all this means of accessing information and learning better and getting help, even with all that, those resources and all that context, we still couldn't manage to give our animal the benefit of the doubt. Um, and if you can't tell, I'm quite salty about this. So yeah, this isn't to try to guilt trip people for not liking horses or say that you have to like them or not being, not be afraid of them. But it's to say that like, for whatever your reason is for not liking a horse, whether it's that you rode a horse once and fell off, a horse kicked you, a horse bit you, you had a scare in a riding lesson, um, you had a bad accident on a horse. It's basically just to say that no matter what happened, try not to view it from a perspective where you're blaming the horse and kind of having anger and resentment towards the horse because it's like the horse only knows how to be a horse man like they're just trying to cope their best way and coexist in an environment that's inherently rigged against them as it is with every other animal um and like i'm not saying that i think animals need to be given the same rights and freedoms as people because they rely on us but they're like little, they're kind of like children in a way because they, they rely on us and they're complete, like we set up their access and understanding to everything and whether or not they're going to succeed in this world. And there's not enough accountability when people fail to do that. Um, and then the animal ends up suffering because of it. And I don't think that's very fair. And I think that's something we very much need to be trying to change and caring a lot more about because... Otherwise, it just lets people continue to use animals as like emotional punching bags and project their own insecurities onto the animal and have like an easy outlet for that frustration. And it sets the animals up for failure and then they get blamed for the mistakes that are caused by their caretaker wronging them. Um, and it's really no different than like, like how like it, we're basically projecting like how we are treated in our modern society with like capitalism and like how skewed wealth is and whatnot and how people can feel like beaten down and like be experiencing mental health issues and feel hopeless and just try to do things as a means of escape or have disordered behaviors because they can't cope with a situation that's inherently unfair we project that onto our animals but it's like none of us like it when it's us um so what i'm trying to change like with how i view things is like like in the society I live in, like, with how it's, like, money-based and how much, like, status matters and just watching, like, the environment go to shit and see, like, so much natural land and farmland get stripped away year after year and just, like, with the pandemic and all this other shit that's happened, looking at that, like, I think about it from how I feel helpless and kind of just, like, a pawn for, like, billionaires and rich people and then I imagine that that's probably how animals feel, but even worse because like their every daily, like every move and thought and ability to do anything is controlled even more so. So I have way more freedoms, even in a society that I view to be inherently problematic and punishing and harmful to mental health and otherwise. 
and I have more freedoms than what animals are able to have. So it's my job as like their caretaker to do the best I can and be constantly trying to improve. And honestly, that's what I'm trying to do with my platforms is first of all, educating others and kind of trying to get people more comfortable to admit like, okay, like I might not be providing the perfect ideal, but I'm doing the best I can and I'm learning as I go and I'm trying to change um, what I do for my animal for the better. Um, even if I'm not necessarily the perfect best animal owner prov provided providing the best situation ever for my animal in the world. And it's like, that's okay. Doing your best and being dedicated to constant growth is a lot more than what most people do, honestly. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel frustrated and jaded with like the human world and I have an ability to kind of like understand how it works and why it's happening. Whereas like my animals have no idea why certain things happen to them. So like the least I can do is try to like make it easier for them and provide them with more clarity and understanding and compassion and consider why certain behaviors might exist instead of just assuming that they're doing it to like snap at me or be frustrated or be like an asshole. Um, because yeah, even myself, like when I'm struggling to deal with the world we live in and how stressful it is, like I can snap at people and I might have reactions that are like not seemingly fair for the situation because I'll be trigger stacking and getting more and more frustrated throughout a day. And then the last little straw that broke the camel's back and you snap and you get mad. Um, and it's not really reflective of like who you are or what you actually think is fair, but you're just like reacting poorly because you're under a stressful situation. Um, and animals very much do the same thing. Um, but I do think that like the way we treat people and like how like we, we think that like the way to handle like, Oh, someone wrongs you the way to handle that is by punishing them rather than dealing with like the symptom of why they did the misbehavior and kind of addressing like the disordered behaviors amongst people and trying to like reform that we want to punish people and I think that same mindset we project onto animals because it's so common within the human community even though we hold ourselves at like a higher standard than what we view animals and like obviously think people are more deserving of compassion and more able to feel like emotions and like whatnot than people believe animals are which is stupid um but even within our world like it's very much like oh you did something you broke a law like you're gonna go to jail and be punished and the purpose of going to prison is being punished it's not like becoming reformed and learning skills so that you don't need to reoffend and do something wrong again it's about oh you did this wrong i'm gonna punish you but then it's not dealing with whatever caused the initial bad behavior um so we're doomed to fail and we create all these disordered behaviors amongst each other by how we handle these things but again like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way because since our culture is so punishment based a lot of us grow up like normalizing these things and like it's all we ever know so we don't realize kind of how fucked up it is from a behavioral standpoint and how off base it is and how ineffective it is and how much it can promote like disordered behavior and issues handling like um certain things and like i don't know the more I, the older i get the more i learn about behavior the more i realize how messed up it is because like it is very hard to succeed and to not be the type of person that resorts to like punishing tactics and being like hard on your animals and kind of viewing it from like oh this is justice like they did this wrong so i am justified in doing this and this is how i should handle it it's hard to not do that when it's all you've ever known and you're consistently shown that in the media in your modern society and in how we handle things and treat people who are struggling um, to cope with the world like for example the way in which like homeless people and addicts are treated in society is horrible they're blamed for their own inability to handle a world that treats them like garbage and that hasn't helped them to appropriately address whatever the underlying cause of the behavioral symptoms are. Um, and we treat them like garbage for doing that. And we do the exact same thing to our animals because we don't make an effort to understand them. So instead of understanding them and trying to understand why they're doing what they do, we just assume why they're doing it and then blame them for that because that's easier. But it's ignorant it, and it results in a lack of empathy. But the lack of empathy also makes you more profitable to people at the top of the levels in cap capitalism, in all honesty. Because if you don't give a fuck about other people, then you don't care if they get good health care you don't care if they're treated well you don't care if they ha have a roof over their head and you are inherently erring on the side of all these rich guys that are like oh we shouldn't have to pay more taxes to allow all these people to actually live normal functioning lives and be treated like human beings um so yeah it's this whole freaking multi-layered problem man and i bet that none of you thought i was going to go into a rant against like billionaires in this um but 
I had to. <laughs> but I hope that provides like kind of a good explanation. Like the reason why I like kind of relating it back to like what people do and also other animals is because I think it gives people better context because we've been trained to make horses out to be stupid robotic animals without real feelings and assume that they feel less than like other animals that we value more in society. So I find that the best way to help to change that view is to compare it to things that we are more familiar with and might see more obviously um, so that people can start to draw connections and understand it better. So that's kind of why I do that. But also I fucking hate billionaires. Um, so that's kind of why I brought that up because they all suck. And I think that we shall become empowered to take them the fuck down too, because honestly, no one in this world needs enough money to be able to like buy an entire country and make more than the all the people in it do um and that is a hill i'll die on i am not willing to freaking defend some asshole that is that greedy and none of you guys should be willing to either um we have all been vastly misled about how much more than a million a billion is and my theory is that in school the reason why they make no effort to teach you that is because if they did you'd be like why the fuck does jeff bezos have this much money can we go eat him for breakfast because he sucks um but anyways, that's that's a whole nother can of worms that I'm not going to open because I could go off on an entire tangent about that um, another day. But yeah, um, basically a lot of what we learn that is normalized is normalized not for our benefit, but for the benefit of controlling us and continuing to perpetuate method methods of doing things that are inherently unethical. Um, they want to perpetuate the mindset that makes you think that there's no way of freeing yourself from this, there's no better way of doing something, that there's no kinder way of doing something, and that if there is a kinder way, that that way wouldn't work as well for whatever reason. It is beneficial for people to push those ideas onto us because it makes us easier to manipulate and it makes us complacent in trying to sit, fix our situation and think that we can incite the change in the world that we might want to see. Um, so that's all I'm saying. Um, but anyways, thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope that some of you might be a little less afraid of horses um, now. And I hope that those of you who might have people in your life that are afraid of horses or who have had some of the things that I talk about in this podcast, um, if you've had it, if you know people who've had these issues, I hope that if they are able to listen to this, that this might provide some clarity that is helpful to them. Because um, if that does that even for one person, then that's awesome. This was a good uh, spend of my time. So yeah, thank you for listening, and I really appreciate all the love and support my podcast gets. This is probably going to be the last one that I post until after the new year, unless I get struck by an idea like a bolt of lightning. Things have been super busy. I've been working on a lot of stuff with like de product development for like my store and putting out new merch, new saddle pads, um, my bridal release for the horse bridles are they're coming out on December 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That'll be the official release and then the restocking of them isn't going to happen for like several weeks or a couple months after that. It'll depend on shipping times. So all that's backed up and delayed as well. Um, and then I'm also doing like a bunch of saddle pad releases. I have some holiday pads out that are for sale and also like lots of cool new merch like my new like uh blaze it beanie with like a horse that has a blaze on it it's pretty cool um lots of stuff there so if you want to check out my store you can do so in the description of this podcast or you can look it up at like shopmilestoneequestrian.com or milestoneequestrian.ca and also the bridles will be sold on amore equestrian a-m-o-r-e equestrian.ca and they'll be available, as I said, on December 23rd. So again, thank you for all of your love and support for this last year. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be planning on filming like a podcast where I'll do like a 2021 recap or something eventually. Um, but I'm not going to do that anytime soon um, from how I feel right now because I've just done one. Um, and I'll go over that. But I really do appreciate like all the support that everyone has given me. And it's been like absolutely like key to helping like continue developing my business and my presence online and stuff and I have a lot of exciting new stuff in the works that I'm really looking forward to sharing with all of you and yeah I'm really glad to have so many lovely supporters on my podcast and I really appreciate all of your love and support. Um, for those of you who are looking for other areas to find me, I'm on YouTube. My name is Shelby Dennis, SDEquus on Instagram, S-D-E-Q-U-U-S. Also SDEquus on Twitter and TikTok. And you can look me up on Facebook at my business page, milestoneequestrian.com uh, milestone because it's Facebook. I'm stupid. Um, but yeah, anyways, I 
so much appreciate your support. Don't forget to check out my merch and subscribe to my other pages if you wish to continue seeing my thoughts on things, man, because I have lots of them and they're constantly haunting me. So I'll share them online to get them out, baby. Anyways, thank you. And let me know how this podcast works for you or anyone else you know that might have struggled with fear of horses or a intense dislike towards them and let me know if this changed anything for them or even for those of you who like horses if you learned anything from this and it helped explain concepts that you initially didn't understand in the same way if it helped make them more clear I would love to know and yeah please if you liked this share it with other people and I always love hearing about uh, whether or not it was helpful or if there's any questions anyone has or any other topics that they would like me to address. Also, I have a Patreon channel that you can subscribe to for as little as a dollar a month. It's patreon.com slash S-D-E-Q-U-S. Um, and yeah, so that that's where you can kind of get extra content. I've been slacking on Patreon lately, but I have a lot of stuff in the works that will be going on to Patreon. And also patrons get access to like product discounts and all that fun stuff too. Um, and also like when I'm developing products, they get to see the prototypes first and all that fun stuff too. So I'm very excited about that. Check it out. And yeah, uh, thank you again for listening to my podcast. And I hope that you guys all learned something and were able to take something away from this and continue making milestones with your horses or in your life in general. And honestly, like, just remember that like whether or not you're 100 percent perfect which no one is but i mean some of you might think you are or you are just doing your best to try not to beat yourself up too much because honestly being conscious and self-aware enough to worry about your animal in the first place um and actually start thinking of ways you can better your care that is a lot better than most people because a lot of people aren't even there yet they're in the denial phase so if you're in the phase where you're actually willing to look at yourself and try to adapt and develop the way you view things you're doing well and don't beat yourself up change doesn't happen immediately you're doing you're doing good guys um happy new year merry christmas happy holidays to everyone i hope that all of you have a lovely lovely time and for any of those of you who are struggling i hope that it gets better and my thoughts are with you and i'm i'm sorry no one deserves to be sad at any time of the year let alone a time where everyone is trying to push you to feel jolly i know how it feels like and it's not a good feeling and my heart is with you and my support is with you so stay safe everyone Love you all.